you're not ever really creating work because you feel like you're amazing at it. You create work because you feel like there's something that you need to get out and you find enjoyment in it. But in order for it to get seen, you have to be confident. So it's a real strange personality that you have to kind of take on and show. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Box, a platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. I'm the host and creator, Aaron S, and in this two-part episode, I had the chance to talk to the amazing Alice King. Alice is an emerging artist based in the UK who creates paintings of women that explore the concept of the female's role in society. She's recently finished creating a series of 100 faces, which she created in order to find a cohesive visual style and direction in her work. I had a great time talking to Alice, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation too. Let's start where I start with everybody, which is uh, tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Uh, So my name is Ellis King, um, and I'm a contemporary figurative artist based in Norwich uh, in the UK. And uh, my work is inspired by the experience of being a woman in the 21st century and um, specifically looks to explore issues around patriarchy and gender inequality. Um, So I'm pretty new to this industry. I've probably only been painting seriously for about a year. Um, It was a hobby from kind of school days and something that I carried on all the way through um, my previous previous work, um, but wasn't something that I ever considered to be kind of a a serious profession of mine Um, but I to kind of tell you the long story I suppose um, I relocated uh, from London back to Norwich uh, in 2018 and soon after that I had um, my son who was actually born um, premature so it's 10 weeks early Um, and for the for me that meant uh, a huge difference in what the experience was that I expected to have just with terms of being pregnant and then being a mother to a a young a young son Um, but it also meant that the journey that I could go on after that in terms of my career and trying to pick work back up um, was very difficult because I had a baby who was effectively two and a half months younger than what he actually was so in with development and things like that he just wouldn't have been at the age that he should have been to say go to nurseries and things like that or just for me to have other people look after him he had quite a few complications so um, it meant that uh, I couldn't find work in what I needed in what my previous profession was and so I then kind of took a bit of a uh, a risk and started uh, producing work I think as a bit of a middle finger to the fact that (laughs) Uh, It didn't feel like the system was set up for people who didn't fall into the kind of normal categories. Um, And I think I mentioned to you before that I started creating digital work um, and selling prints, uh, so just affordable art prints for homes. Um, But then I just wasn't feeling satisfied in terms of what that creative itch was and started picking up pastels and paints again and soon realized that that was kind of what the calling was um, and invested my time and energy instead in trying to find I guess quote unquote a normal job um, into following my passion and painting and creating art 
um, and using the themes, I suppose, of why I'd kind of got to that place and the struggles that I'd found myself up against as the, the inspiration for the pieces that I was creating. And yeah, I guess now I'm kind of so passionate about it and so gripped by it that I, I can't really turn back at this point. I think it's kind of, I'm, 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 I've jumped in and that's it. <laughs> but yeah. How amazing that you kind of decided that art is going to be the like choice of expression for you to kind of think about and kind of utilize and and play around with all these thoughts and emotions you're having like i'm i'm kind of curious like why art though why why did you think art was like the right kind of channel i guess um so i um i created art when i was young and then kind of continued to do that like through university and things like that i'd make pieces for friends and do small small bits just to keep me keep that itch scratched I suppose um and I think there'd always been a desire of mine to try and fall in that space um and for me it was more that I think there was a, a turn a, a bit of a slide indoors moment when I was young as to whether or not I decided to follow what I would call my passion which is the arts and you know, go to art school and see where it led me or go the academic route. And I was at, I, I would call myself within that kind of early feminist generation where I was brought up with the Spice Girls and being told that, you know, girl power and girls can do anything that they want to, to be. But that also, that also went against slightly the grain of what people were being told at that time, which was also, if you're clever, then university was the direction for you to go in. And I think we definitely saw that boom in terms of the amount of people or young people who then went to university. And I would say that I fell within that time frame and that group. So it's quite, it, it almost isn't a surprise to me looking back that I now am in the place that I am because it was always something that was at the back of my mind and something that I felt very, not only passionate about, but it, it was a form of self-expression. And I think if you're not a particularly confident person, which like most of the population, I suppose I would class myself as, it's a very easy way for you to try and get those things out in a, in a, in a way. You, you don't agree? What do you think? No, that's a really good consideration. I think that's a really good oh, consideration. I, I've, I've, I've actually never thought about quite like that, but it makes a lot of sense just from a lot of the people I've spoken to and getting to kind of know them personally and kind of understanding how maybe they might be a little bit more introverted or they might not be as confident as other people or they might not be, you know, kind of as outgoing. Like art is definitely a really interesting way to create discussion and kind of be able to say things without having to actually talk to people. I think that's... Mm. Uh, you know, I think one of the um, the Edo adages of artists are like, you know, if I could say it, I wouldn't use to paint it. Um, but at the same time, it's also interesting because it's like a nice paradox because people want to talk to you about your work at some point. You're going to have to talk about it at some point, even if you don't want to talk about it. You're going to kind of have yeah. to. <laughs> so it's no, kind you're of, absolutely right. It's very interesting to consider it that way. I don't think I've ever actually thought about it like that in terms of, you know, and I guess that's also what I'm very curious about with anybody who creates any form of art. It's like, why do people... Why are people compelled to create art? It's not even just, 
oh, I want money. But it's like, there's always a deeper meaning for it. Um, there's always a deeper meaning. And I guess that leads into a nice question, actually, which is like, uh, what does being an artist mean to you? Um, I think that primarily it is it is a way for me to express something within myself that I didn't actually know that I needed to express. So almost like a form of, of therapy, I suppose. And I, I not only does that keep me level, um, it also... It also means that it's a really hard one. Like I've thought about this question so many times. Sorry, you're going to have to answer <laughs> no, no. this. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it's all good. <laughs> it's a really difficult one, I think, to actually specify what it means. I think that being an artist for me and probably everyone else is, is, is so many different things all rolled into one or just separate things, actually. So I guess for me, it, it is that it's a form of self-expression. It's it's something that I need to get out. And it it's almost something that like I this week, I've not really been able to do any work because childcare has, has fallen through. And so I'm full-time mum and can't, can't paint when I'm a full-time mum. And I feel it like gets to a point where I'm like, I'm itching to get in there. It's something that I just, it's almost slightly addictive, I think. It, I suppose a little bit like if you were really into exercise and you just get so used to that being your way to kind of clear your head and it becomes something that you really need in your day. And so that's part of, I think, what it is. Um, but I think also being an artist means trying to share something or create a voice for something that you don't you feel is maybe lacking or that you feel that you can have an influence with so I mean for my work it's the same as a, you know a lot of other people but and this is a conversation that is I would say quite um, current at the moment around feminism and women's experiences and gender inequality and all those things so it's not I'm certainly not doing something this new, but I suppose you just hope that maybe if your one vo your one voice is one of many, that hopefully you'll be able to start creating change or at least raise awareness of something. So it feels a bit like I don't know you're protesting something quite silently that maybe will will help along the line, along the lines. Um, but. And I guess the other the other points of it, a bit like we were saying before, being an artist actually is like a bit of a personal challenge as well, because if you're not very confident and as I've got older, I probably when I was younger would have said that I was an extrovert, but I'm probably more an introvert than I ever realized I was, which maybe everyone has that conclusion. Um, and like you said, you kind of go into this profession or you know, start creating work as a silent means to try and get something off your chest. But ultimately, if you want to succeed in it, you have to talk about it. So it's this yeah. strange thing. And in talking about it or sharing your work, you completely open yourself up to feedback, criticism. Also, you know, you can have compliments, which are fantastic, but it's it, I've realized having gone from um marketing or you know a very 
structured job into something that's very fluid and creative that within the arts you get that feedback in a way that you just don't in any other in any other role it feels or at least in my previous role um you might not ask someone for feedback or their thoughts on it and people give it to you and it's not very complimentary (laughs) for better or for worse yeah exactly so it's a learning curve and it definitely I think is being an artist maybe helps your character in some ways because you have to learn to how to deal with those things as well which you know if you're not exposed to it previously you definitely have to find a way to to I don't know get a bit of a thicker skin I suppose and and toughen up see absolutely because I think I find like the idea of being an artist very fascinating because you do open yourself up to criticism. You do like from everybody I've spoken to, and I'm probably going to say that a lot because I've spoken to a lot of people at this point um, <laughs> from everyone I've spoken to ex- particularly exhibiting a work, which we'll get into much later. Um, it's a very vulnerable experience. And I think mm. um, it's kind of weird how you want to be vulnerable by sharing your work, but you also want to be guided by, knowing what your work is about and not necessarily talking about it it's it's a nice interesting paradox I'm kind of always interested to kind of crack the veneer there and kind of get inside people and understand kind of like what is it they're actually trying to do with the work they're creating Mm. because you know sometimes it's just nice to be asked like my philosophy with everything I do with the flying fruit bowl is I like asking artists about their work because it's nice to be asked like it's Mm. nice for somebody to, to take their time to stop and not just say to you, oh, I like your work, but to say to you, oh, I like your work, let's talk about it. Because, yeah. you know, there might be a lot you want to say, you just have never had the chance to say it. Um, you know, that's yeah. at least that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's a really good point. And actually, I think that how we all communicate with each other these days is very transactional. You know, you, yes. if you, as yeah. an example, you take social media, you know, it's, it's a tool in itself that you like someone's a few of someone's posts and you comment with a motivation to get somewhere it doesn't always feel like um, a very authentic platform I would say and you don't you know you might get something that where someone just says oh I like it or like it or you know actually like the post you don't necessarily get the opportunity to go into much detail about your work um so I think having platforms like this and and even just being asked to do it, like I said to you before, like it, it's as someone who's very new to this, it's a real not only is it a confidence booster, which I think anyone in the arts definitely needs. Um, it also just. It's really nice having that place to be able to discuss it a bit more. And obviously, if you're creating work to with a narrative, then it helps to share that as well. So you're you know, you're ticking two ba- two boxes, I suppose. I appreciate that. Um, I just <laughs> think it's nice to give people a chance to speak and to have a platform where people can, I've read about this in my stories of the day, where they can kind of engage and be inspired and, uh, you know, be acknowledged. Because I think that's important mm. at the end of the day. Like, art, artists work so damn hard. It's unreal. Like, the, the amount of hard work that goes into being an artist is insane. Yet we just see the final image on Instagram, which we just scroll past. You know, and I think mm. that's honestly a travesty because it's like, that's somebody's life they put into that it's not mm. even just like they just thought about it for five minutes it's like time effort materials money and you just go past it um yeah so I don't know 
that's just my opinion about art I like art clearly so <laughs> anyway no, let's talk I about agree, you and your work uh, rather than me and my opinions because that's not what we're here for um, <laughs> so what is the biggest challenge of being an artist so far um, so I think my biggest challenge so far is probably getting work seen so I think when you're new to the industry it you rely quite, I think we've, sp- we've spoken about it, you rely very heavily on social media and actually there's a lot of eyeballs there, but it is so quick you, that you have to make that impression to someone and you're competing with probably millions of other artists out there. Um, and if you're not, if you don't feel very confident in using the tool, then it's really, really hard. Um, and I think it's such a competitive space anyway trying to you know have your piece seen by someone if you think of galleries for someone to choose your work as opposed to someone else's um it can be really tough um and I I know that I've listened to one of your other podcasts with an artist and you were talking about you know admin takes up a lot of time yes when you're an artist it's not just about producing the work it's about in order to try and get your work seen, you are applying and applying and applying. It's a job in itself, just going through that process. Um, And there's a lot of people doing it and there's a lot of amazing artists. So actually trying to break through that and get that one shot that could be enough to, you know, catapult your career um, doesn't come that easily. So you have to be resilient and patient and, just kind of try and keep that self-belief that maybe at some point it will all pan out and almost not let that lose sight of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, It can be, I think, quite easy to think, oh, well, it's not working, so there's no point me doing it, rather than realising that you're doing it because you have to do it. Like there's something in you that feels like you need to do this for yourself or that you're getting something so fulfilling out of it that you need to carry on with it and that maybe necessarily the financial benefits, whilst would be very nice, <laughs> aren't always the um, the crux of it, I suppose. See, I 100% agree with that. And actually, I have a very good friend who's a really cool photographer who I'm going to send that audio clip to because he needs to hear that from somebody other than me, <laughs> um, <laughs> if you don't mind. No, um, of course. Because um, I think that's the thing. I think... It goes back to what you said earlier that we're going to get into later with social media, but it definitely comes back into this kind of way that like what we see versus the reality are two very different mm. things. Like we see artists being successful. We see them selling NFTs for millions of pounds and we think, oh, I'm going to do that. And then you realize when you do it, it's not that easy. Things yeah. don't work out that way. And it's something I say to a lot of people is, <clears> that, I, <throat> is that, uh, you know, you can't follow somebody else's dream. You have to realize that, that, that you know, everything we see is what other people are doing, not what Mm. you're going to be doing. And, you know, your life doesn't align with anybody else's. So you have to remember that, yes, whilst it's great to see like a really cool artist and be like, oh, I want to be like them. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to remember your journey is always going to be different because their their resources, their opportunities, their finances are going to be different to yours. They might have opportunities that you'll never have. They may never have opportunities Mm. that you might have. So you just have to remember that, like, no matter what, you are on your own path, as much as it might not seem like it, you really, truly mm. are. Because, you know, 
if you're looking at everybody else's careers and being like, oh, well, they've got these opportunities, why don't I? You're not obviously then making more time for you and yourself and your own work. I think you're, mm. you, know, you know, it's good to look at other people. It's good to be motivated and it's good to be inspired by what other people are doing. But action is more important than anything else. Um, particularly for artists, like time is, you know, limited. You don't have all mm. the time in the world. You think you have the time, but you always don't. So yeah, you have to just yeah. kind of act and get do stuff and and just try the best you can. You know, it's like the amount of people who tell me that they don't like, like they're not sure how to market their work. So I'm like, so why don't you ask me for a feature? Because you know I'd feature your work tomorrow. You know, it's like, so I say, to them, okay, so how many places have you reached out to, you know, for features for different websites? Like, have you looked at any websites for feature your work to get more eyes on it? And they're like, no. And it's like, well, that's one of the easiest ways you can do it. You know, there, there are places and opportunities you just have to do the research. And I think sometimes mm. people don't really do the research for what they actually want to do. Because, you know, I'm sorry, there's a slight ramble, but like posting on social media on Instagram is good. Nothing wrong with that. But that's only going to get you so far because that's only one mm. platform. There's only one place people are looking. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree with what you've said. Um, I think it's that uh, the dreaded comparison, which we all do in everyday life, um, whether that be careers or you know personal life everyone's comparing everyone else aren't they yes and that can be a great thing in terms of giving you the boost that you need to drive yourself forward or actually maybe take a plunge that you need to take but it can also really hinder you um, and I think as well like you can to go back to what you were saying around you know you can you sometimes just that you haven't looked in the right places for things or you haven't thought to do those things that maybe could help and I think it can be a really overwhelming place and it can be really difficult when you're starting out to actually know where the best places are to start with those types of things people are either doing fantastically well by the looks of things or you're not hearing about them so trying to navigate that space or know where either you fall on it or how to improve in certain areas I think almost the fact that there are so many people out there kind of doing it or at least seeming seemingly to be doing it so well kind of makes it hard to know where to step into I think and how did you step into it I guess so like kind of like where did you go for resources being you know such a new artist um I I just started (laughs) like I just started (laughs) painting um I think that I I use a lot of online resources so I use in terms of actual the actual creation of art and the resources I use for that um I use a lot of online resources so there's websites set up that offer stock images and photographs for you to use that you can then you know use as your inspiration in whatever way that you might want to which are fantastic um or just photographs you know almost going back to what I remember doing at school which is collaging a lot of things and then painting it (laughs) like um, but then in terms of resource for trying to get stuff out there um I probably have made quite a lot of mistakes, which wouldn't be a bad thing for people in the early stages to know of. So when I started with the digital work, um, so the digital work and the artist, 
I would say, no, sorry, they're both art, artwork, but the digital work and the actual painting, I would call two almost completely separate industries in a way. How I first tried to get into the digital stuff was, you know, the same as everyone, Instagram, website, trying get friends and family involved and promoting it through their channels. And then um, doing a lot of outreach to influencers to try and, you know, who have got home accounts to try and get them to put pieces on their wall and post about them. Um, and then I, I spent some money on some ad, some ad um, search marketing and that was not a good thing for me to do because <laughs> and I think that's the thing when you're so new to it you just don't really know where to start yeah. and I come from uh, a marketing background which is very much it was in fundraising so it was oh, okay. the channels are very well established and they are the routes that you would go in terms of digital advertising they're the ones that you would go down but of course little old me here producing a few pieces is never going to get the traction that you need or the the search so I think you can panic do things which is definitely what I did I wanted to try and get things bought and create some money to support my family and that just didn't really work and then I think when I realized okay it's not going to work that way and I just do not feel fulfilled you need to go back to basics and paint and just and and actually since that in terms of the resources I use I've been fairly slow I think in terms of utilizing stuff because I really want to feel comfortable in the work that I'm creating so that when people like you ask me that I know what it is that I'm doing and why I'm doing it as opposed to creating something because either I want to be financially rewarded or I don't know, it, you know, I, I need something to be able to say properly to people, I think. Yeah. I realise that I need to be confident in what it is I'm doing. And so, yeah, at this point, it's been actually the resources of more recently have been trying to reach out to galleries and exhibitions and see if I can get work seen in those places um, and taking opportunities like this when they arise to yeah. try and get a bit of my voice out there. Yeah, because I think your presence is important. Um, and I think definitely the idea of reaching out to galleries. I think that's actually something I need to look more into in terms of finding resources for that. Because I think a lot of people I know really want to exhibit work. They just don't know how to do that. So now I've just now said that, I'm like, actually, I might Google that later and have a bit of look at some links. Um, there's a really cool artist I'm going to send you. Okay. Oh, also, I should have said. I have a really bad habit of sending people I speak to a ton of artists and I, I love it. I, I try and keep up. I try and keep up with everybody, which is getting harder and harder. It's really is getting harder and harder. I'm not actually a big, <laughs> as you said earlier, like I'm actually, I'm not extroverted in any way. I'm actually really interested. So for me to be keeping up with this many people at once is, is <laughs> so weird. Stressful. It's so, it's not, it's not even stressful. It's just weird. It's like, I never would have imagined my life would have been like this. It's so weird. Like me two years ago was literally just like not talking to anybody. Me this, me now is like just sending people like video messages. Like why the hell am I doing that nowadays? Um, it, it's That's so great, weird, though. but it's great. No, it's great. It's, it's great for me personally, which is amazing, but it's just so weird. It's just so different. But anyways, as I was saying, I'm, I've literally just 
from Padon. Um, there's an artist called Calvin Lai, um, who I spoke to a while ago. But at the minute, he's creating these really interesting reels that are like really cool content. So it's stuff like how to package prints, how to paint, how to mix black, um, stuff like that. Like really kind of quote unquote simple things, but things that I really feel like artists should really know. Um, so I'm going to send him, I'm going to send them over to you later. I've wrote his name down. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um, It's really, it's a really interesting thing actually, like just that he's doing those things because I think they are the simple things that actually you don't, you know, if you're starting out, you don't, where do you start? Yeah. It's like, it's like, how do you package your print? Like, you know, I mean, it's like, Send your artwork. Like how do you send it without it being damaged? How do you send it in an affordable way? How do you like this? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of um, underlying questions and, I think considerations that you have to make when you're when you try and enter into this field that maybe you're not aware of before um and it's great that people are creating resource I think to understand those things to to help so before I ask you that question I want to quickly say so what I'll end up doing is I'll end up sending you like a bunch of artists of people who I think you might like or who I think your work is nicely aligned with um because I already have quite a few suggestions for you because <clears throat> your art has a very particular aesthetic that I really like personally. Um, Thank you. So, which is why when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, because I love definitely... getting people's artwork, like, <laughs> and being able to like see what other people are doing. I find it incredibly inspiring. But I would, what I'm going to do first off though, is I'll send you some people that I've spoken to. So I would highly advise you to reach out to connect with them. Because yeah, if there's perfect. one thing I love to see is when people I speak to connect with each other. I think that's the best thing ever um and that happens quite often so it's good so um it's nice it means i'm actually doing something right which is perfect <laughs> um but yeah there's quite a lot of people i can send you actually because i'm just thinking oh, there's quite a yeah like interesting portraiture kind of identity faces the idea of kind of absence and presence in the porch in the portrait like there's so many things there that i can think of off the top of my head that you might like so i'll send you a ton of stuff later which is gonna be fun for your inbox let's say that no um, i love it i can't wait so my next question for you is kind of based off what you've just said about kind of resources and it's kind of the idea of like, so what kind of hats do you have to wear as an artist that you were kind of surprised by? I think that when you first become an artist, so firstly, I think actually there's a, there's something some kind of transition where you create art and at a point you then identify as an artist. And I guess that's, that kind of comes where you get to that point where actually we were saying if you sell things then that's fantastic but actually that you feel like you need to be there and you need to be creating something and you might have a day where why have I just spent 12 hours doing this and that happens quite often but you still get in there the next day and you carry on um so I think there's that hat is probably as I expected it would be in terms of you know creating the work and being lost in in the paints and the canvas um but then there are other hats that I didn't really I probably was just really naive to it and hadn't really research properly or taking the time to consider it because I think if you feel compelled to do something you kind of do it and then worry about it later um but the as we were saying before things like 
you know, your social medias, your almost, I think there's a, a challenge between creating what feels like a brand for yourself versus being your authentic self and showing your work and just being who you are. And I think at some point you choose which side of that you're going to be on. Um, so I think that's a hat that whilst I knew I would have to do, I probably didn't expect it to have maybe some of the challenges that it does have. Um, and alongside that, you're, you're your own PR. So you're having to be the voice for your work and to try and reach out to people and to get people to look at your stuff. Um, which again, I think is something that you know that you have to do, but it, when you're actually doing it, it feels quite different. <laughs> it feels yeah. like going for job interviews, constantly telling everyone that you're amazing at what you do. And if you're, you're not ever really creating work because you feel like you're amazing at it. You create yeah. work because you feel like there's something that you need to get out and you find enjoyment in it. So, but in order for it to get seen, you have to be confident and you have to sell that side of you. So it's a real strange um, personality that you have to kind of take on and show. Uh, so yeah, I think it is, there's a few. It, it, it definitely has, it, it's a business in a, in a sense. Like when you try and start to get stuff out there, it, your, your own little business. And ironically, you might be a business not making any money. <laughs> But yeah. you're, so you're trying to be seen or, you know, feel like you're doing something to be able to continue to buy the paints that are expensive and the canvas or board, which is expensive, or look for other routes around it. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely it isn't as um, it isn't as clear cut, I think, as you might that you think that you when you first go into to being an artist in terms of the roles that you have to take. So do you think that just based off what you just said, it's a, and it's a question I was going to post on Instagram story the other day, but I feel like I posted something similar, but I'm just now thinking about recently is that do you think that marketing your work is perhaps more important than the work itself? Um, yes and no. I think that, I think that, you don't want your work to be influenced by the marketing. If you're, if you're an artist creating it for something that's inside you, I think if you're, if you want to create work, and I'm sure there are some artists out there that are, uh, you know, they want to create work in order to sell, in order to support their family, support their lives, and they're able to do that. But there are also the other category of artists, which probably are the ones that we're more. Um, traditionally hear of that are the struggling artists that don't really yeah. make it until they're dead <laughs> and I think for those people there is the risk that by marketing your work in the ways that you need to you can be influenced by that and by other people marketing their work and what you see and rather than kind of staying focused on what it is that you're doing you can it can get a little bit muddy um, I don't know if that's a fair assessment, but but equally, you're never going to sell anything if you're just creating work in your house and yes. you're not going out to galleries or trying to speak to people or speaking to other artists to see what they are doing. So it's hard, isn't it? 
And again, to go back to what we said before, you see so many people who are seemingly absolutely smashing it because their Instagrams are great and every post has sold. And and then there's the other side of it where there are tons of incredibly successful artists who aren't on that platform that are also doing well and they're just using traditional means of marketing. So it almost, I think, is that there are, there are two types of marketing and social media as a marketing tool, I think has overtaken in probably how we see things to, to work or just our exposure to it is way more than the other means that, that also work very well. Um, hmm. Right. I think we are going to talk about your work. Otherwise we'll talk about social media for like the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to yeah, ask you the will. question about social media and I was like wait we have a whole section on this later let's get into your work because what we're here to talk about I was just thinking yeah, like, oh, because that's, that's a really good consideration in terms of like again like there, there's like two different aspects of social media or there's different like routes you can go down um but we'll talk about that later um but okay let's get into your work because I feel like we've spoken <laughs> ages for everything around your work other than your work so can you just describe your work for those who may not have seen it yeah um so <laughs> probably like a really really basic way of describing my work is like sad paintings of women (laughs) but a a way more sophisticated term would probably be um that they are so my work are portraits painted portraits mainly in acrylics or mixed medias um and I focus on women um because that's kind of the theme of what got me to this place um, in terms of my own life experience and I guess what I want to put out into the world. Not to say that I don't paint men, but just I think what the series and the narrative that I'm in at the moment, that kind of is my focus and that may well change. But um, And um, my work is often infused with bold uh, strokes of colour. So they could be kind of slashes of paint across eyes or bold blocks of colour. And it's kind of what you said earlier, there's a a lot of kind of absence of space or the presence of something. And that is, that has manifested more as a representation, I think, of what, uh, the lived experience of a woman is compared to I would say what the gendered narrative is um and I say all of this knowing full well that these types of topics can be very um hit or miss with people I think yeah. it's a controversial topic still to talk about um but I think that for a lot of women who almost have been in a place where you can self-reflect on your experiences and I think it happens more as well when you're a parent and then you have that whole new experience of being a woman and trying to work and navigate you know childcare and employment and all those other things it it means that the work that I produce is mainly based around those themes in some way and I don't think I knew that when I first started that perhaps the work that I was creating had that specific theme to it, but more now as I reflect and have gone on a journey with it, I understand that 
that is what that is if I have conversations about my experience as a woman that is what comes out so I think that that naturally then manifests in the work that I produce so I think you said sad paintings I think that's a really <laughs> um I would never have I wouldn't actually have called your work sad I don't think sad is the way I would have described it so I think that's a very very a very interesting way for you to describe your work your own work as well well, do you know why actually that I more say that is that I have had a lot of feedback that people interpret it as being sad. So when I produce it, I'm not actually producing it thinking that that is the emotion of the person in the painting. But where there's been a lot of people comment on it, I can only assume that that is actually what what there what is actually coming out of me into that space, because I think that. A lot of the time when you create something, you you might not actually know what there is inside of you that is kind of rearing and, and feeding itself Absolutely. into the piece. And it can only, sometimes it could be six months later, I look at something and the time that I was in at that point and think, oh, that does make a lot of sense. But you might not have even known it at the time. So, I mean, I don't create a lot of happy faces, I would say that. Just thinking about your work, I would say there's a, a, a kind of sense of longing in your work. Like maybe the women are longing yeah, for yeah. a better you're, life. You're probably, you know? you're, yeah, you're probably right that that is, yeah, yeah. I'm it's sure probably they, more accurate. I'm just, no, I'm just trying to think of like, thinking about your work in my mind's eye, I'm just like, well, what do I get from the work? Like, why am I intrigued by that work? Because, you know, mm. I guess the conversation you're having may not necessarily be the conversations I would think you're having or I would necessarily mm -hmm. get out of your work. Um, and I also really like personally your technique as well, which really fascinates me in terms of like the way you paint, like, because yeah, I'll ask you this question now rather than later. I forget the order <laughs> that I always have that never goes to plan. Um, like, the, because your work is not realistic, but it's also not abstract. It sits in that really, really, really interesting middle ground between being, mm. you know, it's not photorealistic. You're not there to portray, you know, a mirror image of the world, but at the same time, it's a person it's a human yeah. you can tell can it, could you talk a bit about the idea of like realism in your work and kind of how important is that to you yeah um in terms of realism of the portrait itself yes, of course yeah so it's I think we all have when you paint you have a style and I think you can spend you might have an idealistic view of how you want your work your work to look and I look at p uh, paint um at artists who paint realistic portraits as in I would say more fine art and think it's absolutely incredible and wish I could do it and could spend a lifetime trying to get to that point and never actually reach it and so I think part of the journey that I've got gone on is definitely then kind of finding a, a piece with the style that I have, which isn't realistic, isn't realism. But as you said, does form, it forms somewhere in between that realism and abstract space, I would say. You know, if you look at one of the paintings, most of the time, you know, you, you know that they're, you know that they're women and the proportion sizes are accurate and all of those types of things. But I try and bring in elements of um, of the abstract, I suppose, quite um, intentionally 
And then unintentionally, they come in as well, just because of the style that I have. Um, and I think that as an artist, it's kind of just about embracing that and seeing where it goes and where it evolves. And with each piece kind of maybe pushing those things and having confidence to say, okay, well, I'm just going to let it go and see where it goes and be a bit more fluid with this aspect of it and maybe a bit more rigid with other aspects of it. Um, and I, as you create different series and explore different themes within those series, I think they naturally change as you, as you move, move through that. There was an artist I spoke to called Mark Thompson, and we, st we spoke about this idea bet between being the abstract and the real, and he called it the netherworld. Um, Ooh, and this like idea that, that it's his, his own kind of reality that's not quite real it's not quite abstract it's somewhere else in between mm. um, yeah. and I absolutely love that I think it's the best thing ever and every single time I see an image like that I think of him so um that's such a, that's a great idea yeah it's I this love idea that, that <clears throat> between the abstract and the real is its own reality and uh all your work exists on that plane um I don't know it's just something mm -hmm. about that kind of style that I, I honestly just really love and I'm really interested in um so I have so many people to send you that are going to be really interesting um but I'm also kind of curious about the abstract, the, the abstract nature to your work because it almost feels like you're redefining the female form or redefining the female portrait and redefining kind of what it is to be a female and the kind of, you know, I guess rather kind of whether you want to or not, like looking at standards of beauty, for instance, you know, I think it's kind of that type of conversation, no matter what you do, is going to come up, I guess. Um, yeah. And kind of like, how often do you think about the, I guess, I guess kind of like the beauty standards in your work or the way, or like, or presenting like an image that is traditionally um, acceptable, I guess? Mm. Um, I don't really think about it, if I'm entirely honest. I, I will create something and I will think, it's almost like that question of knowing when to stop it's it just feels done or it feels right and so you you either stop painting or you know you you feel like the piece has reached a natural conclusion and the element of whether or not the subject is beautiful it's it's not something i ever consider and the reason i don't consider it is because men and women have such different ideas about what beauty is and i don't think that you ever you can ever get there and I find it so much more interesting to try and capture what it means to be a woman in terms of, I mean, we're all, we're all so flawed, men and women, we're all flawed. And we see the, I don't know, 0.2% of what it is to be beautiful on our, you know, in media. Yeah. And it's just not, it's not real. You know, I've got friends who are absolutely stunning and all of my friends are all so different but they're all beautiful in their own way the same with you know all of the women I know um so I think I think the importance for me is way less about beauty and way more about trying to capture something that is um I suppose authentic or at least my idea of authentic um and that tries to show that 
this idea of beauty just is unsustainable and is it's just not something that we can ever achieve and perhaps that's also part of why my work is somewhere in that netherworld as you said which I love um because at the moment we don't really see that world you know we only see what we're exposed to which generally is airbrushing and all the rest of it we don't see we don't see what it means to be a man or a woman in the everyday and so and we all have our, also our own opinions of what that is so I suppose my work falls somewhere between our own opinions of it what we're exposed to and it kind of falls in there somewhere yeah that's nice I like that I just think there's something very fascinating about the way that you're capturing these images where you're creating these images and you're you're very kind of boldly being like well this is what I want to do as opposed to being like, you know, oh, it has to be done in quote unquote this traditional way, or, you know, oh, these women need to look this certain way. Um, and I'm actually just really curious, as you can imagine, it's going to come up because it always comes up in any kind of situation where women are being painted. But the, the mm-hmm. idea of like the male gaze and how that relates mm-hmm. to your work. Yeah, I think um, I think a lot of actually where the the work that I create is this idea of the juxtaposition of trying to portray yourself in the way that you want you feel like you're meant to be seen by the male gaze versus the way that you actually are seen or the way that you see yourself and part of that is also the the elements of camouflage and that you know part of us tries to kind of fall into that but there's always a part part of us that's missing or not quite there. Um, the the male gaze is such an interesting conversation because I don't think that it's something that that we really realise until we actually step back and think about it in in that very very detailed sense, and even people's interpretations of my work and what they comment on I think shows exactly how that male gaze has affected how we see things you know I have painted things and had comments that oh she's not quite beautiful enough you know whether it be that a nose isn't quite right or something like that because someone might want that very beautiful like you said before realistic portrait of someone and of course it just shows how it manifests into all of our thinking and so I try to create pieces that I think at least bring that more into light because they don't they're not quote-unquote beautiful and they're not realistic and try and capture that more as well in these abstract shapes and colors and things like that, which actually I think are a little bit unsettling or look a bit out of place. And I think that's also part of why I put them in there is to make you step back a little bit and maybe have these wider considerations around what it is that, I, it is that I'm trying to say. Yes, unsettling is the perfect way to describe your work. That's exactly what it is. Because you look mm. at it and you're not quite sure about what it is you're meant to be looking at or why you're looking at 
or kind of like yeah like you kind of look at it and you're like okay so what was the intention of the artist because I think that's something that I ask myself a lot when I look at work is it's kind of like what is the intention of the artist and I must say your biography was very 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 interesting and um, mm. that is a reason well I think that's probably 90% of the reason that I want to interview people is because their biographies are good um, mm. because it's, it's it shows to me that you have an idea what your work is about you kind of yeah. know what you're doing or at least it seems like you know what you're doing um and it <laughs> seems to like any you know, artist seeming to know what you're doing <laughs> fake it to make it it's a true thing trust me <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah but like it's kind of interesting for me to to see your work and be like hey that's cool you know I wonder what that's about but to actually read what it's about and or at least read your opinions of what you think it's about as the creator um mm. I'm always fascinated by that and I think it's just it's it's interesting to consider that you're doing it from a place of opening up the discussion and the discourse around a certain topic as opposed to just you know oh, I'm going to create these women that aren't quite perfect just to get people's attention to make it about just that because it's not just about that it's about many things it's about mm. an experience and I think that's actually a really noble thing to do as opposed to not because you know you could create work that is deliberately provocative you can create work that mm. is deliberately ridiculously terrible you know just <laughs> to get a reaction you could mm. And people do, people do do that and people have done that and people still do that. But it's like, yeah. no, you chose to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to create these images of these women, but I'm going to create in the way that I want to create it with this, to say the things that I want to say. And I don't care if people like it. I don't care if people think they're beautiful. I don't care if people think they're right. It's like, mm. it's what's right to you is what is important. And I really respect that. Thank you. Yeah, I think that it is that difficult space between um realizing that you can't really create work that other people like if you want to do something if you want to do something long term you you know you my intention is that I'll still be painting when I'm you know 70 and I think the only way that you can do that and sustain that and continue to find joy and relief in what you're doing is to paint things that actually have a meaning to you and I think the meaning of that comes out in how you paint I, I think the two are so intertwined that maybe you don't initially realize it until you until you really consider what what it is that you're you're painting and, and why that is. So why have you decided to focus on portraiture? Um, I in the most simplistic way, I just love faces. I love I love how everyone's faces are so different I love the challenge of painting a face you know to get proportions right and all those other things it can be really difficult you can paint something for three days and then think god there's something not right here and you have to go back and try and figure it out so I like the challenge of it I think it makes I feel like it makes me a better artist to try and get it right um but also I think that I focus on faces because there's so much that can be said in a portrait that that maybe can't be said in other ways. Um, and I think people draw so many conclusions about a face and a portrait that you either didn't intend or that wasn't the, the emotion that you were trying to get out, as we spoke about before, and the feedback I've had about them looking quite sad. That might not be your intention but that people are interpreting it in really different ways um 
and I think as well, you know, seeing the work of other artists and how that their style or their series have all adapted in the portraiture space, I find so fascinating. And I think has been a massive inspiration in terms of kind of starting in this place and hoping to see my work move through the time and through the different experiences that I have. The hardest thing about it is actually trying to either have people sit or take photos for you to be able to use or finding the materials that actually yeah. convey what it is that you're looking for it is that's a challenge because if I was to create something you know <clears throat> what I would call abstract you don't necessarily need those things you're everything's in your head whereas I'm at a place where I definitely I rely on references whether that be portraits or um, sorry photographs or what it is I need that to feel connected to either the person or the painting. Um, so I suppose as well, the, the reason I focus on portraiture is I like thinking about each piece as its own narrative and its own little mini story, I think. And painting a portrait, I think, means that in your head, you can create a whole backstory for that person. It's, it is almost like creating a novel for each one, I think. Yeah, so each image becomes a character in a wider story. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, and I think each one is integral to the next one. I, I think that so, they... Yeah, do they all exist in the same universe? <laughs> at the moment, I think at the moment they That's all do. That's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I think that naturally maybe as the stories progress, Maybe they won't. I don't know. So that actually is very nice into my next question, which is, what does painting capture that a photograph doesn't? As a photographer, you might hate this answer. But <laughs> I think that um, painting for me captures something about myself in the work. And I know as a photographer equally, you know, how you align yeah. something, the lighting that you use, all of those things also do. But I could make a decision to paint a stripe the whole way across a painting. And I think, and that could completely disarray the piece or it could completely make it. And I think there's that, the progression of it that I think I love that a piece it could just go on and on and on. You could pick another, you could pick a piece up that you feel is finished and turn it into something completely different. Um, yeah. So I think there's the, a painting captures a, a timelessness perhaps that a, port, uh, that a photograph doesn't, that it could, maybe there's never a, a real end point to it because as finished as one is, I could still look to change it in, I don't know, 10 years time if I wanted to. That is such a good consideration. I've never thought about that, but you're so right as well. Like it's it's almost never ending because there's something mm. else you can add to it. Whereas in with a photograph, as soon as that picture is taken, it's taken. Um, like you've captured that moment in time. Whereas with the painting, it's like, it's in a, in a sense, it has its own life. Yeah. Because, you know, it goes through transitional changes. Like that's very, very, very interesting. I've never thought of it like that. 
yeah. and I think though, that's also why as two different art forms they're both so great in their own spaces because on the flip side the wonderful thing about a, a photograph is that it captures exactly that space and that yeah. time that you you want to capture so yeah I, I, I like for a lot of my stuff like there are so many of my works that have paintings underneath them where I've painted something oh, wow. and then I'll go back and think oh, I don't like it and I'll just paint straight over it and start doing something else so I think that I like that about it that there's a story within a story and that story could just keep going on and on and on that is so cool like that's but imagine if you if, <laughs> if you paint us that you didn't like <clears throat> and somebody wants to buy it and they just paint over that back so you're like oh crap I'll paint <laughs> yeah. over that then again they'll just probably buy the new piece because it'll be quote unquote better I guess I mean then again <laughs> I, I guess that that's kind of interesting because that means that you as an artist you really have to decide what's what's good quote unquote good and what's quote unquote bad or what's quote unquote you know, worthy of, of being, um, existing in the world as opposed to just, you know, being painted over. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a balance between, um, between something looking lifelike in the sense that, like I said to you, that like in the most basic term, like proportions are accurate and things like that. It's really interesting now. I've been doing some self-portraits recently and it's fascinating to see how they all look so different. Yeah. And I obviously, am, it's just me painting them. It's not like my style or my hand has changed, but some, you bring something different to each interpretation of yourself. And I guess that is just what happens with other paintings of people that I do. So I wonder... In your self-portraits, are you more or less critical of yourself whilst painting them? Less. That's really interesting. That's very interesting. Because you would, you might consider you'd probably be more because you have the option to control how you look at the end. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> I think I'm, um, it goes back to what you said about how we see beauty, I think. And I think all of us are very self-critical of ourselves oh, and in our 100%. own beauty, man oh, or woman. I think we're all, you know, we're all very critical. And so I think almost because of that, when you paint yourself, your mirror image of yourself isn't flattering. So actually it doesn't really make any difference how that comes out, at least in how I, how I perceive it and how, how I've approached it before. If I saw myself as incredibly beautiful and I painted something, it would never live up to the expectation. <laughs> so, but I That's think true. because I, because I don't see myself in that way, it's so much easier to create something and to, I don't know, for it to almost capture a character or. Yeah. 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 Then you become then a character this. in the work, then yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. I, yeah, I, I've shot self portraits in the past, and I probably still will at some point. So yeah, I know exactly the kind of. It's the idea of like, is your likeness, <clears throat> but it's not necessarily you. It's kind of like a weird. It's it's some kind of weird kind of. It's that it's, it's some kind of weird, alternative space where it's you. Yeah, it's a self portrait, but it's not necessarily yourself. It's just yeah, likeness. and I guess that that also goes back to a lot of the conversations, doesn't it, around. Um, 
the fact that we're all we're all, all so many different people you yes. know whether that be yeah. that we have to adopt different characteristics for work or home yes. or absolutely you know we we put lots of different hats on and I suppose as an artist that's also part of what you capture that's so interesting I feel like I should talk to more artists who do our portraits I've always been interested in the idea of the self and the idea of identity Mm. Um, which I know are quite broad, very vague, broad topics, but I don't know, there's something about it that I find very fascinating to discuss with people because I mm. think it opens up um, people a lot because everyone has their own opinions about themselves or about identity or about the way they feel about other people and things. And I think one of the great things about art is that it enables us to have such good conversations and such kind of mm. wide ranging conversations. It's not just a, oh, I like this image, it's cool, yeah, that's great. You know, it's more like, you know, you kind of get into really deeper discussions from mm. my experiences so far, at least, and getting to talk to people in real life as well. You know, yeah. it's it's easy to sit down and talk to an artist for two or three hours, even though my work colleagues are like, how the hell do you talk for that long? And it's just like, <laughs> it's not hard because everybody has something to say. You have to find that, that one thing you're going to connect with and mm. that's going to get you into that person's kind of mindset. And then from there, you just understand the person and, and go from there and, and build a friendship. Yeah, you're so right. There's something so um, there's something so personal about creating yes. art in whatever space that is, whether it's painting, you know, port- portraiture or photography. That it, you're putting something of yourself out there, whether that be, you know, your interpretation of the world and your skill. Um, it's a little bit of yourself out there every time. And I think it really allows you to create with other people who are allowing themselves to be vulnerable like that. And I think that is a shared space that you don't, you don't often see. Absolutely. I think it's not always a a space you get to, um, as I've said previously, get to explore and talk about necessarily. If you exist Mm. solely online, if you exist in a space where you're not talking to a lot of artists or, maybe you're not sure how to reach out to a lot of artists, which is mm. um, something I very much see quite a lot. Because, you know, I think everybody wants to talk about their work or everybody wants to build a community. Um, mm. But it's hard to actually do that because, you know, there's a fear of being judged. There's a fear of kind of feeling like you're not, you know, the whole imposter syndrome is real, you know, feeling like, you know, you're not really good at what you do or you're not sure of, of your your own intentions, which is definitely totally, something I think of nowadays. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like and also yeah sorry, no, sorry carry no, on. no continue no I was going to say as well and also like knowing when you can categorize yourself as an artist yes I think that makes it very difficult as you were saying about imposter syndrome to know when you fall in that space and when well, would you say you do, you do fall in that space I think you fall into the space when uh you're doing it out of a like a deep-rooted need to do something or a desire to do something where like as you do and as I do you're creating work and you're perhaps spending money and you're not seeing that money come back but you're doing it because you feel like you love it and you know you could rather than you know you you structure your day when you can around it being like a job you know when I have my so I look after my son um sorry my son goes into childcare for three days a week and then the rest I look after him full time and so I have to structure that time where I don't have him I structure it like a job and I remember 
I'm sure you won't mind saying this, but having conversations with my husband and him being like, you put too much pressure on yourself. Like, just don't worry about it. You have a lay in if you're tired on those days. Or, And it's like, I can't do that. It is, I need to get up, get in there, have that full day. Or if I haven't had that time, I'll go in there of an evening and do it. It's, yeah. it's both a need, I think, and also recognizing it as a job and not necessarily just something that you're doing because you really really enjoy it you're trying to do something with it see I 100% agree with that and I think that's actually really valuable advice because I think one of the biggest problems I've seen so far particularly with a lot of photographers I know who are not necessarily making any money from what they do but they're putting a lot of money into what they do and it's kind of like you Mm -hmm. have to remember that it's an investment um, and you have to remember that like you're right you have to not put so much pressure on yourself because it will get to you. You'll crack mm. because it's, it's, it's not, there's a, there's a fine line between being successful because you're doing a lot of work and just working and just overworking yourself, you know? Yeah. And I think um, you very much sound like how I do stuff. Whereas in like, when I have a day off and or when I come back home from work, my actual job, I know I'm going to spend two, three, four hours doing stuff with the fine football. My day's mm-hmm. off. I literally I, for me like my two days off are like 12 12 hour days to do stuff for the flying mm. fruit bowl because I want to do that like I'd rather do that than sit around watching Netflix because like that's mm. to me that doesn't really make sense weirdly but um yeah. yeah maybe that is though how it is to be an artist you know maybe maybe, maybe that is the common thread that in order to I would say in order to make it as an artist or whatever you want to say about it to feel like you're establishing yourself your style getting your work out there you have to work hard like it is you do you and even people like you said before you see you might see people on instagram and the first comment is you know oh someone could do that that looks so easy but it isn't if if those people are out there and they've got thirty thousand followers and they're selling their work for I don't know, 400, 500 pounds each and they're selling them regularly and they've got them in different places. They are doing something right and they are working hard at it. Like it might not be your style, but you can't ever criticize people who have, who have done well for being of a lack of talent. They are very talented for sure. So that makes me think of a very, very cool artist I know. And I'm probably going to expose her now by telling me this, which is funny. Um, her name's Riona Bethello. I actually brought a print of her work, yes. Well, the other day and it arrived yesterday. So it's now hanging up framed. Perfect. Um, oh, lovely. But she has about, I think at the minute, like 40,000 followers on Instagram. But she mm-hmm. went viral on TikTok um, a while back because she creates these really, really gorgeous, um, quite realistic paintings of rainy streets, foggy streets at night. Mm-hmm. her work is gorgeous and she's such a lovely person she's from Manchester she's just great her accent is perfect um <laughs> it's just hilarious I'm like okay from Manchester um but she went viral on TikTok and she sells her work for a ridiculously low price and I'm talking like yeah. so unbelievably cheap unbelievably cheap but it's kind of interesting to see kind of the value she has of her own work because she has the audience and I've said to this to her plenty of times you have the audience to raise your prices significantly and you'll still be making the money you're making. Obviously you'll be making more money. Um, mm. You have the option to do that because you're in a position where you have the audience for that. 
but she doesn't want to, which is cool mm. because she's comfortable where she's at. And I respect that. And I think you have to also think about as an artist, what value you hold for yourself because you're like, you're like oh, I want to make, you know, 50,000 pounds for my art this year. But it's like, do you personally think that your art is worth that? It's like, you have to place mm. your own value on what you think your art is worth. And like, how do you mm. go about deciding that? Oh, that is such a hard question. Um, and I think it's almost harder for me to answer that because I'm so early into this journey and yes. probably what many would call an amateur artist. Um, but I think it is difficult because you you obviously set your own self-worth, don't you? By If yeah. you have a low value, then you could be seen in that space. And I think it can be really difficult then to raise prices equally you don't want it too high that you're saying that you think that you, your pieces are that of that value when in a way you're not creating work to be of a certain value yeah so I almost don't know what the answer to that is no, and I think that's, that's one that's that I've struggled a lot with in terms of trying to price pieces um And I wonder if you, that's probably one of the benefits of if you sell through galleries or you're, you know, you're um, represented by an agent or a gallery is that they kind of make those decisions for you or at least will advise more on it, um, especially when you take into consideration commissions and commission cuts and things like of that. Course, yeah. So, Of course. But yeah, that's it is it is such an interesting topic, I think, for artists to know where they fall in that space and how to value it and how to compare it with others. And do you have a high price and hope eventually that, you know, by saying, okay, no, my painting's worth this much, that you're it's almost that effect that because you've said it's that much, that people go, Oh God, it must be really good then, because it's it's that high versus having a lower price to get people through the door and I don't really know what the answer is really and that's cool because that's something that you will learn as your yeah. career progresses and that's kind of the fun thing and, and not just that like you have to you have to make mistakes and I think particularly when pricing I know a lot of artists who have started off at a certain price and then they just raise it because you know maybe they're they're getting more views. Maybe they've just done a, a collaboration with a really good company and that's going to mm. obviously boost their sales and boost their their um, exposure and their, what's the word for it? Their reputation, I guess. Depends on where your reputation mm. falls. But I also think you shouldn't undersell yourself. That's the worst thing you can do as an yeah. artist. Yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? And I, I also, I mean, I'm so bad at it. I'm so bad at it. I think everybody <laughs> is really. I, I truly do. Yeah. I think until you get until you get to a certain point in your reputation and you're somebody like um who can I think of that's going to be like a good example that maybe you might actually know um there's an artist called um Derek Hess whose work is really 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 interesting um and his work is gorgeous and his prices are actually pretty high but the way he's established in the kind of role of his career and the amount length of time he's been doing it for us been doing it for like decades mm. you know it's it's worth that money you know, I was going to say Damien Haas, but Damien Haas is a whole different subject. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like I mentioned him in every single episode, so I probably shouldn't <laughs> mention him. But like, I'm trying to think, who's like a contemporary artist who you might know that I think is worth the money to be spent on, even though it's high? It's like a lot of street artists I see. 
you look at their work and they're selling prints that are like you know quite simple for like hundreds of pounds but yeah. if you think about the longevity of, of their careers it makes sense because they've been doing it for a long time and their reputation allows yeah, them to totally. do that and also like if people can afford to pay for it and they yes. get joy out of it and you know it, it's a really weird thing I think the the whole concept of the value of art because you could pay people choose to pay thousands of pounds for cars almost and it's not even really something that's considered as something that's unusual but yet you pay if you bought a piece for a grand or something it feels like insanely expensive and like you know what I mean it's almost the concept of money is so strange just in terms of how we live our lives but also in the art space is really weird um and I suppose also because you'll sell you could sell a piece for x amount and then as your reputation grows that piece that you sold 10 years ago could now be worth however many times it yeah that's true so as an artist you don't really often see or receive the benefits financially of of the work that you do that's true that's very true particularly people are going to buy it to invest which you know you're grateful for but then it's also like you're also kind of conscious that they're going to end up making probably more money than you did at that point yeah so that's a good point actually I've never thought about it like that see this is one thing I love talking to people is because I always get considerations I've never thought about and it's nice because I always get something up every single interview I do which is great um mm, and this is so yeah. far I've been particularly great um oh but, good so do you think there are any downsides to creating your work and do you feel like you've ever boxed yourself in by the subject matter and the themes you explore um I don't think that I think that I think sometimes you can feel like part of I've had people ask me before, like, oh, you only paint women. Like, will you ever paint? Why don't you paint men? It's like, well, maybe I will at a point paint men. It's just that where I am at the moment in terms of my creative process and what it is that I'm looking to explore. That's the focus that I want to make with the portraits that I I produce. Um, And I think once you realize that, like everything in life, it is full of change and yeah. failures and success and ups and downs. And it's just a journey. Like, you know, everything can change. And if you're not boxed in by it and you, you allow yourself that, that movement, it, things become a lot easier, I think. You know, you, you, could, you could have a certain style and then completely change that. This idea of style is such a um, a strange one, I think, because you obviously do have a look, but you could completely change how you approach something and it might not look like your previous work, but you're still the one producing it. So it's still your style. And I think that falls into the whole, you know, this, this thought of... Um, can you get boxed in by what it is that you're making? Also thinking about not, not being dictated by the what we're told, I suppose, around what yeah. it means to be an artist and the, the styles that you have. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you're right because we go through, like, you know, we all go through the phases in life. You know, life is just a constant series of phases. That's all it is. Mm. The things you're interested in now, weren't the things you were necessarily interested in 10 years ago or two years ago or a year ago and I think 
we I think we have a tendency to forget that we're not always the same people as as we were. Um, you know, we're experiencing different things. We're in different places. We have different emotions. We have different, you know, physical settings. And you know, things are always, as you said, things are always in a constant change. And I think when we look at art, we assume that the, the image that we that we were assuming was painted recently because it might not even be painted recently. You know, yeah. you're creating it from the same place as an image you painted like 10 years ago, and that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And, and not even just that, I think one of the great things about art is that art is very timeless in a way in terms of once you put it online, it's archived. You know, mm. somebody may see your work, a piece of your work now in 10 years' time and be inspired by that. You know, it's yeah. not just a one-time thing, it's here now and it's gone tomorrow. It may be buried in the, you know, cat videos, but it's not going to <laughs> yeah. be a it's still going to be there accessible at some point in the future and i think yeah no totally if we think of social media more as an archive as opposed to instantaneous you know success or instantaneous popularity i think we'd all probably put a little bit less pressure on ourselves to create more stuff and be happy with what we're doing yeah maybe yeah no I, i agree i agree completely That concludes the first part of my conversation with Ellis King. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about the episode, please email me at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or get in touch via social media sites such as Twitter and Instagram. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can now be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube or Apple Music. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of these platforms to help spread the show. Also, don't forget to check out theflyingfruitball.co.uk where we post daily art inspiration and written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. If you'd like to support the platform further, we now also have a Patreon page. Tears start from £1 and for more information, head on over to patreon.com forward slash theflyingfruitball. If you'd prefer to make a one-time donation to the Flying Fruit Bowl, we also now have a PayPal. The link to the PayPal should be included in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening to the episode today.